0: The federal government did make an announcement about uh, the residential school situation. Yesterday, a couple of the ministers were uh, on a a Zoom call, and uh, the government announced that it's going to provide millions of dollars in new funding for programs to help indigenous communities research burial sites of former residential schools. Uh, Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett says that $83 million of the money is going to be added to previously announced funding to conduct research and commemorate the children who died at those residential schools.
1: These are additional to the... Um, to the 27.1 million, which is was part of the38 33.8 million committed in budget, 2019 to implement Truth and Reconciliation Commission Calls to Action 72 to 76.
0: Uh, Total, as as the Minister was mentioning there, it works out to about $321 million, uh, they say, to help residential school survivors and also support burial site searches. Joining us to talk about the announcement is uh, Coralie McGuire-Sourette, who is the Executive Director of the Ontario Native Women's Association. Uh, Coralie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Uh, no, thank you for uh, having me here today. I'm gl- glad to uh, speak to this issue.
0: What was your reaction to to the announcement from the feds yesterday?
1: Uh, I had a mixed reaction. You know, it, it's great to see the investment and to see that um, they're hearing the, the community, um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous community, calling uh, for action around this. Uh, you know, we were hoping to see, obviously, um, implementation of all 94 calls to action, and you know, we have to make sure that um, the implementation of this funding also is for, for healing, supports for not only for our community, uh, but also for our children, our children in schools that are, are here today. Um, so we just want to make sure that it, it doesn't just only go to, to finding um, all of our, our missing children and, you know, the, these unmarked and mass graves. We all, there's all, an entire healing continuum that needs to um, also be implemented.
0: I'm glad you brought up the Truth and Reconciliation Committee and 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 of course the great work that they did uh, and the recommendations that they put forward. That's that's been a few years now, and and a lot of people besides yourself, of course, have been saying, "Well, when are you guys going to get started on this thing?" Uh, you know, they, there's a lot of lip service to it, but there wasn't a whole lot of action. Was was the discovery of these of these mass burial sites was that the tipping point?
1: I think it was. I think because you know the the larger um, Canadian uh, community. Uh, Really didn't understand. I don't think are new or had the knowledge because we're not taught this in school. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I you know myself in in my education journey, I went all the way through to university without learning about all of my own history. Um, you know, I learned about it from my family, from our oral tradition, and from my my grandparents who were residential school survivors. But none of that history has been taught, and so the the children have brought the Canadian community to awareness of of these. Uh, critical issues that have happened to our community. And, it, you know, a lot of people, I think, thought that this had happened thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago. And so now with the media and the public eye um, learning that, hey, the, <laughs> this actually happened during our generation um, and our just our previous generation, and there's no other schools in Canada that have unmarked burial grounds for children. Um we have to remember that our children died trying to access education. And that's where we also need to begin. Like we need to ensure that there is investment in supporting our children today. You know, our children are being discriminated against today. Our children just want equal access. That's all we want for our children. Our, our, you know, being part of the community, we're not asking to be, um, have a lot of special privileges. We're, we're asking for equality and you know, it's, it's a right that we all have. Like, it's not that far-fetched for us to think about.
0: I was brought up in the Catholic school system, at least in my earlier grades anyway, and, and there was passing mention once in a while about, uh, well, they called them, you know the, the missionaries basically what they said was they were spreading you know the, and, and doing wonderful work we were told uh you know spreading the word about religion and, and educating uh, young uh well the aboriginal children as they call them at the time uh but that was about it and we didn't understand that we didn't see any pictures we had no idea about the uh, the enormity of it and frankly uh, there was no talk i guess in any circles really corley about let's face it i mean i think you used the word education a minute ago uh in many cases it was indoctrination not education
1: Oh, completely like they had completely dehumanized our children um, and in our community um, in order for them to do what they did which still continues on today the fact that um, that the Catholic church still can't apologize they can't say sorry is that not part of one of the foundational principles of their of, of their primary uh, religion right mm-hmm, <laughs> you should be able to you need to be able to accept your wrongs and in order to to move forward and the fact that they can't apologize not only apologize but make uh make it right make those amends like like where is their investment back into the indigenous community like where is that like it's it's nowhere to be found um and for one of the largest corporations in the world with within that that religion because it is a charity um and the amount of funding that they have that they don't talk about um where is their investment they should be doing a matching investment at a minimum um, in order to reconcile their responsibility in this issue.
0: And, and we need to have a fulsome discussion about this. And I want to get into some of the nuts and bolts about the, the government in yesterday. And, and as, as we just touched on, uh, some of this money is going to go to try to support uh, survivors. Uh, some of it's going to go to, to fund uh, the search in some of these uh, burial sites. But uh, the, the word that, that I'm waiting for to hear here, Coralie, is reparation. And I don't hear the government or the church talking about that.
1: Yeah, no, because and you won't. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm not sure if maybe they think because they haven't individually um participated in it, so therefore they're not seeing the accountability. But what we're talking about is systems, we're looking at you know the the government as a system participation in it, and like the the Catholic um religion as a system participating in it. So people tend to take it from down to an individual level um, and say, well, I never participated, so therefore, like, you know, what accountability do I need to have around here? But we're really talking about the systems that participated, and then they're there representing the system now, today. So therefore, they have to do something. And, like, how can we begin without, you know, there's an opportunity here to focus on healing. We're finding um, the grace and then covering the, the full truth of this story there's an opportunity here to begin that healing journey, um, but you can't begin when, when there's no accountability. That that's the beginning part of reconciliation. Like, how do you begin without, you know, being uh, without accountability?
0: Well, and, and that's the thing that I think is frustrating an awful lot of people, and it's frustrated you and, and many others that have been fighting this battle for so many years. And it was addressed in the Truth and Reconciliation Committee. I'm, I'm hoping that in, in light of the information we received over the last couple of months, a few of the MPs in Ottawa will dust that off. It's so sitting in a drawer someplace. I don't know how many of them actually read it, but it's it's worth reading. Uh, but they did talk about accountability in that situation, and and they talked about some form of reparation. And, and the response initially, I'll paraphrase from the Catholic Church, was, well, we can't afford that and we don't have that they had money to build you know lavish new churches but but not for this uh and i'm sure you saw the investigative report that was done on the globe and mail last week that uh, tried to put a figure on on the worth of the, the catholic church in canada anyway and it's into the billions and billions of dollars yep. so yep. you know their assertion that well we can't afford to, to make good on this and we, that any kind of dollar figure like it, it doesn't really hold water does it
1: no it doesn't because you know, when you're looking at, um, just like you said, uh, you know, I remember doing this research um, back in university, my, my university days, and looking at um, the Catholic Church as, a, as an institution and realizing that they are actually one of the largest corporations in the world back then. And it really was eye-opening to me, um, you know, especially as my grandmother, as, as a residential school survivor, and how she continued to give her little pension check back to the church when she was alive. And I remember, like, you know, and trying to talk with her about saying, stop giving your money to, them. <laughs> that's like, like, uncovering, like, the full truth of the story. And just like you said, like, there, there's so much money, but, yeah, because it's not a priority to them. Um, you know, it's very clear they can say, oh, yeah, no, this is, this is going to go away. But what we need is, you know, the media, like yourself, we need um, Canadians, we need our, our, our larger collective community to keep this at the forefront and to fight this fight with us. Uh, you know, we need this to be an election platform for the full implementation of all 94 calls to action. Um, you know, not not just hand-picked ones, because the the residential school survivors and the commission did so much amazing work. That's how we honour their work. That's how we honour the stories. That's how we honour uh, the children that didn't come home, is by ensuring that this never happens again.
0: Well, and, and that's... Uh, it's a good start i mean 321 million dollars sounds like an awful lot of money and it is uh but given the enormity of the task ahead i mean uh, you, the work that you and, you and your organization have been doing for the last number of years Corley, I even mean, it's, it's akin to rolling a boulder uphill uh trying to get people to first of all pay attention and understand the gravity of the situation here i would like to think that that boulder is at the apex now and and it's you know it's it's going to be easier to, to move that rock now and, and get people to understand what's going on because your points well taken this is not the first time this this has come to the fore but you know the canadian public seems to pay attention for a month or two and then it's it's off the radar again i I don't know that that's going to happen i hope it's not going to happen this time
1: i hope not like when you're looking at um you know the the, how we began here like i've been seeing lots in on social media regarding how we started off with uh, 215 and now we're up to well over 5,000, um and we're just getting started and you know that's you know, that's the conversation that we need to be outraged over, that uh, that number continues. And if you add that number to the children that we're losing today in schools, that we're losing due to uh, suicide, due to um, uh, addiction issues, you know, the number is, you know, it's, it's a, a target on, on Canada's history because we haven't actually... Began to do on the work. To do the work, uh, we haven't really developed comprehensive healing programs. You know, the residential, the the TRC, um, there was uh, the healing foundation um, where communities could apply for funding to, to do healing programs, and they shared best practices and it was about individual healing, community healing, and the healing foundation still has not been um, re-implemented. It was shut down um, a number of years ago. But where's the Healing Foundation? Like when you're looking at truly addressing this, like you, like you just talked about, on we've been doing this work, it's been a long time, it goes out of the public eye, it goes back in the public eye. We need structural changes. We need the implementation of the Healing Foundation so that way communities can begin their healing process um, and collectively share those best practices, those wise practices, um, so we can begin to heal our next generation
0: well and i'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions i had as i was watching uh, yesterday uh, and i think we ran the clip of minister uh, bennett just before you joined us here uh, talking about money for mental health and, and I, I was questioning whether or not the infrastructure is even in place to deal with the enormity of that problem
1: yeah it's not um you're looking at coming out of the pandemic uh, mental health and addictions has gone through the roof like um you know I, I live in Thunder Bay, um, and all I'm hearing from, from my staff who are working the front line is how many overdoses there is right now, because uh, addictions has gone through the roof. Like, there, there was a crisis before the pandemic, Then you add the pandemic crisis on top of a crisis, and it's, it's out of control. Um, there is no detox services. There is no, um, if somebody wants help today and wants to get into treatment today, that process doesn't exist that's the problem is, is that's and we have to recognize that mental health and addiction in our communities has been a result like when you're looking at the root cause it's from you know colonization it's from uh-huh. residential school systems it's from the indian act it's from all of these key structural pieces but yet they're not going to build the structure to address them
0: adding to the frustration how do you you talked about education and and especially with for indigenous children and and that's key to this but to the greater good though on a wider spectrum how do you rewrite the history? I guess maybe more importantly, how do you write the history because it was never written in the first place for many of us about what went on and 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 and, and t- tell these stories about about what went on. I mean, it's important for us to understand that as as I think one of the speakers mentioned, uh, and I think it was actually probably Senator Sinclair who was asked about this is you can't have truth and reconciliation until you have truth first, and and we don't have that truth yet.
1: No, exactly. There's two truths that ha- that haven't been told. One, um, Canada's role in colonization, um, oppression, um, and, you know, that legal framework and and their role in everything. That's that's one part of the truth. Uh, The other truth that doesn't get told is how um, our communities were well-functioning communities prior to um, colonization and still are today. So the one story that's always being told is um, the victimhood of of being, like, for instance, an Indigenous woman. You know, what does what are we saying about Indigenous women? We're not talking about Indigenous women's leadership, Indigenous women's strength, the Indigenous communities' uh, resiliency and beauty, and how we actually built a strong foundation in Canada before Canada was Canada that we're all um, being able to to live in because of that uh, that that foundation. So, that's the two stories that really largely aren't told, and then, when you begin to move forward, you look at about education in Canada. Um, where is the access to education in Canada for Indigenous children uh, and and girl, girls and, and community now? Right back then, they invested a lot of money for this free education. Uh, in quotation marks, um, but looking forward now, any Indigenous uh, person who wants. To get post-secondary education, should be able to receive it from the post-secondary education funding. the The lack of underfunding of that program is unacceptable. Period. Um, but yet, we're, we'll fund the justice system where Indigenous people are highly overrepresented, and it costs anywhere from, you know, one to two hundred thousand dollars a year to house an Indigenous person in a prison system, whether it's provincial or federal. Um, and yet, an entire um, education degree would cost you less than a hundred thousand <laughs> and so you got to look at what are we actually funding um in Canada and is actually where our investment needs to be we really need to look at why are we in in prison and a lot of times it's because of remand because of breaches because of you know we really need to start changing up our system and, and looking at where the real problem
0: is absolutely and and i guess one of the best examples that uh, underscores your point about the education system is uh well our newly admitted uh, governor general who was raised in northern Quebec, went to a Catholic school there, and was not taught French because they figured, yeah, you're never going to need it. In Quebec, you don't need French. Uh, That just, I guess, told you about the myopic approach that was taken to education in those days, and those are the sorts of issues that need to be addressed. Uh, And uh, your organization uh, is going to be paramount, among others, that are going to be leading the charge in this, and hopefully the federal government is going to be on side, and this announcement yesterday is the beginning uh, and not the end of the discussion. Coralie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you. Take care. Coralie McGuire-Surrette, who is the Executive Director of the Ontario Native Women's Association. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.